As you listen to this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast, you are probably right now in your cars driving to Ottumwa, Iowa for the 2021 Halloween Palooza, which starts today. The day you're listening to this. Hopefully you're not one of those that like waits, you know, next week to listen to our it fans aren't waiters. So I hope you booked your rooms already well in advance for your nice cozy hotel. Otherwise, you might get stuck in some sleazy motel run by some guy named Norman who has mommy issues. That's right, motel horror on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast, the show that will leave a chocolate mint on your pillow. This is episode 245, and we will be discussing horror movies that take place in and around and somewhere in the vicinity of motels. Not a hotel, but a motel. What's the difference? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) A hotel is usually a large enclosed building with hundreds of rooms across multiple floors, while a motel Mm. is one or two floors with outdoor room entrance and prostitutes. Uh, What? (laughs) (laughs) So look forward to that. But first, you're probably wondering, if it's your first time listening to the show, what the... Well, is Attack of the Killer Podcast. Well, what Attack of the Killer Podcast is, is we're a horror movie podcast. We're a group of friends. We get together. We pick a topic. And we discuss movies within that topic. Now, we speak openly and freely. So there's probably going to be spoilers. Just going to let you know. You are a first-time listener. Hopefully, you enjoy the show. And you can help support the show by becoming an attacker. An attacker is a special member of our society that is held in much higher regard than most common folk. An attacker helps support the show and keep the lights on. Any and all forms of support is highly appreciated. To prove how much we appreciate your support, we offer you the ability to get as much extra content for your money. Being an attacker, you can get such perks as getting episodes early, earlier than anyone else. So you can spoil the episode for all your coworkers when you're standing around the water cooler and you can belittle them for not being as cool as you. You even get bonus episodes so you can hear our beautiful voices every single week. There are also various video series such as Video Updates, Insane Mike's Women in Top 10 List, and Killer Critiques. You get invites to exclusive events like our monthly horror hangout show and tell. You can get shout-outs on the show and website. You even can get your own official membership card, certificate, and sticker. You can get a shirt. You can get original <laughs> art by me called Mikey's Monsters. Mike, you're yelling again. But that's not all. <laughs> but that's all I'm willing to uh, read to you. That my voice is going out. Go see for yourself by going to jointheattackers.com. Check out the various tiers. Pick the tier you for the content that you want to get and be a better person. Again, that's jointheattackers.com. And now it's time 
to introduce you to the podcast crew. He once stayed at a place called the Fiddle Motel. He says it wasn't much of a a motel. It was more of a vile inn. Tad, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Last week, he was at this motel, and he had to call the front desk because the sink was leaking. He said to the clerk, hey, I've got a leak in my sink. The clerk said, that's okay. Just rinse it out when you're done. Andy, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Motels to him are just like skinny jeans. No ballroom. Jason. Oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. And special guest on the show, writer, director, producer, upcoming project, Obstacle Corpse. Awesome, awesome title. Hope Madden, everybody. Woo! Hi. (laughs) I was hoping I had a joke. I'm sad. (laughs) Yeah, you would call them jokes. Yeah. Not nearly as sad as we are. (laughs) The the jokes are definitely sad. I always go easy on somebody's first time on the show. (laughs) That way, be like, oh, that was fun. I'll come back. And then, and then, bam. Well, but welcome, Hope. This is awesome having you here. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Why don't you go ahead and tell tell the audience a little bit about yourself, uh, your films, what you got going on? Um, yeah, I am based out of uh, Columbus, Ohio, and my first feature we're going to shoot in the spring. So we're doing a crowdfund right now for a feature. It's called, as you said, Obstacle Corpse. Uh, it's uh, the feature-length version of a short that we have in festivals right now. It's doing really well, so that's exciting for us. And it is about a young woman who wants to sort of prove her mettle to her dad, her uh, kind of backwoodsman survivalist dad who doesn't think she can take care of herself. So she convinces her goofy best friend to um, do one of those super elite obstacle course races with her. And it turns out that it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, world's most dangerous games or things where she gets there and realizes that all the other contestants are hunting her. Cool. Nice. Make it. Thanks. It's funny though. I mean, it sounds there's a, you know it sounds like a number of other films I can think of, but the the first producer when he read the script said that it read to him like a cross between Battle Royale and Caddyshack, and I thought, <laughs> oh, that's exactly what I'm looking to make nice. right now. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'll say we have a mutual connection through your producer Jason, and uh, yeah, he, his films have played at both of our festivals. I, I direct a Snake Alley oh, Festival yes. film, and we played uh, Born Again and A Way Out. And I know I saw Born Again um, for a second time at Halloween and Palooza a few years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, so good. Yeah, and then connected <laughs> through social media with Jason Tostavine, and then uh, like I said, I found out about this this film through there. And then it's like you guys have been rolling out announcements like every week. Uh, Brooklyn <laughs> is doing the shooting, and she's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I haven't actually met any of these people just through the festival circuit. I know everyone. And uh, and today you guys had a big announcement. So I think you should let people know who who, who is doing this, the effects work on this one. Yeah, we're like just crazy, super excited, geeked about this. Uh, David Greathouse is going to do our uh, practical effects and makeup effects for us. And he's done, I mean, he's done so many things. Like so, some of the greatest stuff ever. He did Tusk, Kevin Smith's Tusk. Uh, you know, he did um, Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Um, uh, he did some Power Rangers stuff. He's done a lot of Lucky McKee's work. He did The Woman, which is one of my all-time Ooh, favorite nice. movies, and also all cheerleaders die. And he does, uh, you know, he even did um, Killing of a Sacred Deer. I mean, the, awesome. the stuff that this guy has done is just nuts. 
And he's so incredibly talented. I just am in awe and I'm so excited to get to work with him. That is exciting. Awesome. So how do people, if they want to find out more about Obstacle Corps or if they want to help get it made, where should they go? That would be so awesome of them. Obviously, you can go to where uh, our crowdfunding is on Indiegogo. So you can go to Indiegogo.com and search Obstacle Corps. Uh, or you could find us on um, Twitter at Obstacle Corps X. And uh, the Indiegogo link is a pinned tweet on Facebook at Obstacle Corps Film. And Instagram also, Obstacle Corps Film. We know Godzilla, our, our, one of our um, yeah, big supporters, loves supporting uh, indie Aww. indie films, shorts, features. He's always, like, anytime we go to convention, he comes back with all this stuff. Like, yeah, I couldn't walk by their table without stopping and donating and yeah. helping things. So I think uh, you'll at least get Godzilla. And I, I know who he's listening on his <laughs> right, way to Halloween. Doing it, so, yeah, yeah, so uh, no pressure, Godzilla, but, you know, throw <laughs> some money great. at... at Throw some money at something good for once. No offense, dude. <laughs> we do have some super cool perks too, so that would be worth checking out if you were interested. Also yeah, I saw, put it in the show like, notes. Yeah. I was gonna say I saw like sweatbands, uh, which is genius for a, a <laughs> movie called Obstacle Corpse. I was like, oh, you can get the headbands. That's awesome. That's that's very awesome. Exciting. Thank you. Did you guys hear that Elvira is? Uh, just had a new special. Oh. Yeah, her 40th anniversary special. Uh, it was very, very exciting. And it only played one place, and that was Shudder! Shudder is the coolest horror streaming service that is where you can get um, all kinds of cool stuff like the Elvira special. Uh, the return of Elvira isn't the only thing that's awesome about Shudder. Thanks to Shudder, we got Joe Bob Briggs back. Uh, we got to see the lost George Romero movie. Uh, Creep Show became an awesome anthology TV series. Shudder has already made their mark in horror history and has a lot more to come. You need to sign up for Shudder, guys. I'm telling you, it's totally worth it. I watch Shudder more than I watch Netflix. I would hope so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's not saying much. Netflix is garbage. Come on now. Um, now. Thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast, you can get a month of Shudder for free. That's right, for free. Did you say free? I said free. Stinner our promo code AOTKP, and you can start your journey now with Shudder. So, let's see. Between Halloween Palooza, Halloween Horror Nights, and Andy getting selected for different film festivals in between doing sit-ups, uh, we may not have had a whole lot of time... <laughs> We may not have had a whole lot of time to watch much, but let's find out what we did watch with Tad and what we watched. What we watched. So I am really curious. Um, I know he, it's, I don't know. Do you do sit-ups, Andy? Uh... <laughs> You you can actually, admit it. Let's get into it. Actually, I How don't. I do enough. I do. I, I do enough um, compound lifts that it actually works and the abs anyway. So. Okay. Yeah. No, I just know when uh, your wife was telling us that you walk around the neighborhood at five a.m. with a weighted <laughs> vest on. I'm like, Jesus Christ! How do your neighbors not call the police? But um, what? Actually, what did you, I, well, Tad, you missed the horror hangout, man. It was guns out. It was. I'm sure it was quite a show. You missed it. Actually, uh, when I wear that weighted vest, I 
get this big cutlass and I run into like random stores going like no no it sort of always looks like you're wearing a weighted vest because you've got big pectorals um, but well, anyways enough about your your nipples um, what did you watch Andy <laughs> yeah my Never my my yeah my yeah my 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 ego is is full here. I can't even think. Um, I watched, um, of course, uh, Dark Side of the Ring is back on. Oh, I watched shit. the two episodes, uh, the plane ride from hell, which apparently apparently caused a shitstorm because Ric Flair, Oops. you know, um, apparently was walking around, you know, just in his robe just in his robe, you know, and harassing, you know, uh, he, stewardesses, yes. and he was doing the helicopter, you know, and you're like, hey, sweetheart, you want to get, you want to ride Space Mountain, you know, that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> He's denying uh, it. It's like, dude, you're Ric Flair. We know that you did it. Sorry. <laughs> we know. Hey there, sweetheart. You know, you know all all those you know tanned old balls probably looks like George Hamilton's forehead. You know, just gross. <laughs> um, then uh, I watched oh. the next episode, which was uh, which apparently wasn't. Re- oh, Chris Canyon, uh, and he was uh, he was very, apparently it's a pretty sad story because he was. He had a lot of trouble dealing with his sexuality in such a masculine sport. And now you have openly gay wrestlers uh, just out and about now. I mean, it's not even an issue, but like in 1996, you know, that was something that you had to, you know, keep hidden. And he had a lot of, he had a lot of mental health issues as well, but, um, Everybody credits him, you know, having like a very innovative style. I mean, stuff that he was doing back like in 1996 is being stolen now, and it's it, and it looks very cool. But unfortunately, he ended up taking his own life, and he was he was only 40 years old. But um, yeah, those were those were two really good episodes. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite shows to watch. Um, I also watched uh, a new movie, uh, 2021. Have you guys heard of Bad Candy? No. Nope. It's a horror anthology film, and it's got uh, Zach Galligan is in it uh, from Gremlins, and Corey Taylor from Slipknot is in it, and they're both um, radio DJs on uh, Halloween night, and they're it's kind of like talk radio, and they're relaying um, Halloween horror stories. So they kind of they kind of tend to bookend all these stories. And it also it it has like a centerpiece this one clown which they're a little overplayed at this point I think but um, a little you're being generous eh, okay yeah um it's it's worth a watch um it's it's is a it, little is bit it the clown from Slipknot <laughs> no, no it it is not not that I know I don't listen to Slipknot so I wouldn't know um. But some of the stories are good. Um, the CGI, it's not great. I mean, I've seen worse, but you know, I'm I'm pretty forgiving at that because I kind of tend to know. Uh, I have a good idea what the budget is here. So, um, this this some of the stories are really good. Um, there's uh, a girl who just wants to go trick or treating, and her dad's an asshole. And you know, it's it's very Tales from the Crypt. Um, the the asshole gets his come up and. S- kind of stories and i see a one girl dressed as a nurse but she has to leave a 
party. She has to cover a shift at a morgue, and she ends up like, you know, she's really kind of weird, and she ends up sleeping with a corpse, which we're going to be tackling later on tonight. You're a sick motherfucker, Mike. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the stories are good, and it's worth a watch. I also watched uh, one of my Vinegar Syndrome releases called Rush Week. Have you guys heard of this? It's an old school movie. No. Nope. Um, it's about a killer on a college campus. It's kind of like uh, an 80s version of Scream 2. Um, basically, all these girls are getting murdered, and some of them were murdered previously, and there's this very sort of Animal House-like fraternity that's kind of suspected because they're always, you know, getting thrown off a of campus and, and this and that, and... Oddly enough, I didn't know that Kathleen Kinmont is in this film. And it, a real big surprise was Greg Alman from the Alman Brothers plays a, uh, a journalism professor who's kind of like a hippie. The hippie part, I'm not that surprised, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. And the, it's very, actually, pretty darn light on the gore. But... Being at the 80s, it does make up for it, you know, in the old TNA factor. It is a horror movie. Um, the next one that I want to talk about, it's, um, I had to buy it on Region 2 because it's only available in that um, format, is uh, Scott Adkins' Avengement. And I'm a big mark for Scott, uh, for Scott Adkins. Just is, and he barely does, like, any, like, kung fu karate in this. Uh, basically, the best way I can describe this, it's England's answer to uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99, and it's that nice. violent. Um, basically, Scott Atkins has like a, uh, a brother who's a criminal, but he kind of he gets set up, and he doesn't rat on his brother, so he goes to um, prison. And he's constantly getting into fights, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't start them. People are constantly fucking with him. And it turns out um, his brother put out a hit on him. So basically he has to fight his way through, you know, prison through years because every time he gets into a fight, he gets a year tacked on. And then eventually his mother dies and he's out on a furlough and he gets out and then he hunts his brother and his crew down and it gets... it. He gets he gets to this uh, pub, and it gets pretty darn gnarly. And Scott Adkins is like straight hardcore badass in this. I mean, it's he he hits a guy with both barrels with a you know in the back of the head with a shotgun, and literally just blows his head, and his face just like erupts, dude. It's it's gnarly, and I definitely uh, recommend it. It's it's a good time. That's what I watched. Excellent. Well, and I did sit ups. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to say this one should be short, but you never know. Jason, what did you watch? I got a couple in. Um, uh, the the boy he's got a girlfriend, so he he's like, "Hey, can we go to the movies?" So I got to be chaperone guy this time. But we got to go out to did the you theater. Sit, sit between them. Oh man, I should have. Totally should have. What are you thinking? <laughs> next time, because there'll be a next time. Uh, I got to see Malignant. In the theater. Yay, huh? In nice. the theater. Oh, wow. That's nice. awesome. And it, I know we we wanted to talk about it last time, and we all hadn't seen it, and I don't think Mike's seen it yet. Uh, or has, it just, we've we all seen, seen it. it. No spoilers Dudes, for my I, what we want. I fucking loved it. 
It was awesome. Okay, crickets. Cool. I was gonna, no, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Let me go. I got uh, there, there it is. Okay. Hope, did, Hope, did you see it yet? Oh, yeah, I did. I saw it. Oh. And um, I thought it was uh, for about two thirds of it just unwatchable. But man, oh. that, that last act, I was all in. From the minute that Zoe Bell was on screen to the end of the movie, I was like, yes, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I wouldn't sit through the first two thirds of it again, but I'll flip around. If it's on the last act, I'll stick around. See, it seems Flip like there's two, there's two crowds. There's two crowds. I and and I, I can't remember a time a movie really split people down the middle where it's either unwatchable or I can't get enough. And I'm on the can't get enough. James Wan just knocked it out of the park. All right. But I get, I get why people don't enjoy it because it's, I, I can't I'm argue that fence. it's a, I can't argue that it's a good movie, but it, we laughed our way through it, but I'm not sure I was supposed to laugh my way through it. <laughs> All right. Fine. I watched it too. It was on my, list of what we watched and i freaking loved it too yeah um the first half just felt really kind of you know it started i felt it started off pretty strong and it's kind of started falling into generic territory and i'm like where's this going it's go ghosty and then and we've all seen it right then it's based then mm-hmm. it turns into basket case part four that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but like basket case with a budget it's like James Wan had like fuck you money to make. Yes, the, he the, did. Whatever, and he whatever. had fun with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe a little too much fun. Like but. It, was, <laughs> it was the yeah. It I'm was with stylized. It was just like throwbacky. It was a lot of just I don't know, man. It was just like I don't know. That's so fun. Just that like, that story reveal was freaking amazing. It was I like nobody it. nobody at the studio. They're just like eh, it's James Gunn. He did all these big movies. We can trust him. We don't need to see an early cut, or we don't need to even read the script. Let's just back up a truck of money and let him have fun. It felt like that. Like yep. nobody at the studio bothered to watch any of it. They just put their complete trust in him to do whatever, and this happened. Loved it. Thank the Lord for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs to be making movies. He needs to be making more horror movies. I'm glad he's back. Yep. And, you know, yep. Who exactly. Knows for how long? But and then uh, way late to the party, but finally saw Love and Monsters. Jesus, this movie's so fucking good, and I really I liked it. Loved yeah. it. Just the, you I'm know, late. me. The love I'm story got me, and it's just, just a great story, and just the kid, that dude, is so awesome, and he just holds the screen so well, and. And monsters so you know it's uh, it was great it's still it. on like hulu or where it was on hulu it? yep mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's definitely worth a watch and i think dustin had it on his top uh, 10 uh, and yeah. yeah and i i sad i didn't have, see it last year because it might have made my list freaking fantastic definitely recommend it and that's what i watched mike what have you watched uh, well okay so watch malignant uh where what's just that is it good it's pretty cool it's pretty good <laughs> we're good uh so honestly the only other thing i've had a uh, millisecond to watch is i did take some time out if you hadn't guessed from my shutter promo <laughs> uh i did watch half of the elvira's 40th anniversary show so we watched the first two movies elvira mistress of the dark and house on haunted hill caught some of city of the dead and the very beginning of Messiah of Evil, but then was like in and out of sleep by then, so don't count those last two. But 
And it was pretty good. Um, did they, uh, did Tad? Did you maybe want? No, you didn't watch it because no, you were, I you yeah, know. I was out of town. I was sad, but but, but uh, no, it. I, I definitely it's on. It's like replayed now, so I'm gonna. I'll probably watch it in pieces because it's how long is it? It well, it's it's four <laughs> it's movies a, long. Yeah, it's a so, hell of a marathon. Yeah, so yeah. I split it up probably at least into two, if not just watch one at a time but i i saw a lot of people on social media raving how much fun it was to have elvira back it was great and that's good to hear too cuz like i i was nervous i'm nervous for her <laughs> right. like there's there's such a high bar with joe bob and what he's still doing on shutter and you know coming out of the gate with what he came out with and what that did to the internet and what that did to shutter and you know and then it's and he's still going strong and i want more of this so was so pumped that elvira is coming back so i thought it was awesome i loved every second of it i do want to play harsh critic only because i want it to i want it to be a success so like i you know it doesn't feel obviously as strong as joe bob because i could have used more elvira basically is what i'm saying yeah she didn't interrupt the movie nearly as much as Joe Bob does. Um, she doesn't go on nearly as much as Joe Bob does, but who does? Yeah. Um, uh, and, I, f- I mean, I've watched a lot of – a lot of her old episodes of Movie Macabre uh, has been released by, like, Shout and whatnot. So I have a few of those on DVD. I got um, a couple. Yeah. And, I dig them. And there was definitely a lot more skits involved in the early shows. Where there really wasn't much of any of that, so I'm kind of bummed we didn't get some more of that uh, as well. But she was still, you know, just still, you know, same old Elvira, full of energy, really funny. Um, and man, she still looks so damn good for seventy. I don't think I've ever would say that about somebody who's seventy years old, but she is gorgeous still, and. You know, so I I I I only am semi harsh on it just because I want it, I want I want there to be more regular Avira on Shutter. So, um, but as far as the movies go, I've seen them both like a billion times, and they're awesome. I feel like uh, I don't know. I feel bad for her because it, it seems like, and from what I'm understanding, she like tried to do a comeback a while ago, and Shutter like either. And we don't know the whole story, but it seemed like she she claimed that she went to Shutter and they denied. And then it's like, mm. you know, then they got Joe Bob. And I feel bad because one, everybody's just comparing it to Joe Bob when it's a very mm-hmm. different style of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, it's like it feels like okay, we didn't want you, but now that we see the value in it because Joe Bob did so well, that we can have you. So it's like the good and bad of it, where it's like yeah. it shouldn't depend on him to bring her back, but. It's nice to have her back, regardless. But it's like you know, I don't know. It just it. I don't know. We'll we'll bittersweet, hopefully, maybe. yeah, bittersweet. That's a good example. That's a good way to say it. But I hope you know that it was good for her, and I hope that uh, it was good for Shutter to the point where they can bring her back if she wants to to do more of it. Um, like I said, I wasn't able to catch any of it, but I lo- just love to know that uh, Elvira's still around and and. Uh, Cassandra Peterson. I saw her at a convention a few years ago. Maybe it was, uh, I don't remember which one it was, but it was just, I mean, she's just one of the sweetest, nicest. Mm-hmm. She, she's nobody has ever had a bad thing to say mm-hmm. about her. Mm-hmm. Um, just one of the, the nicest, sweetest, coolest humans alive. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan and I, I just hope, and I love that 
Shutter's doing more of this, and I want more, more horror hosts. Yeah, I want more horror hosts. So I'm hoping it was successful. But you're right, though, it is a totally different flavor than than uh, Joe Bob, and so I'm just worried that everybody is going to be comparing it to Joe Bob down to the movie selections. I mean, the majority of her stuff is like that she showed was a lot older stuff, public domain stuff. Um, you know, and so I worry about that because, you know, people blow up Joe Bob about the movies he's showing and he's got much, a much wider variety of like classics, cults and, and modern stuff versus Elvira showing probably a lot of the same stuff she used to show a movie macabre. So that, well, that also kind of made me nervous, but I, you know, but, those movies are still awesome and fun, so it doesn't matter. And I, and I hope, really you know, matter. And I hope with the whole, you know, Joe Bob comparison thing, I think there's something good out of it in that there's a lot of new people who are coming in. I've, I've discovered like people that had never heard of Monster Vision or mm-hmm. Joe Bob's Drive-In Theater, any of the stuff that are, are into it now. And it's like, hopefully, you know, they see this and they're like, oh, cool, there's another horror host thing. They check out Elvira and they, you know, and she gets a new audience out of it too, not just the old fans. So, yeah. you know, if anything, f- try to find the good out of it and... Next that helps. Next, they should bring back Rhonda Shear and Gilbert Godfrey and do Shutter <laughs> up all night. <laughs> God, Gilbert Godfrey on Shutter. That'd be awesome. He, he has he he's on a cameo. You can book him as Gilbert Godfrey, or you can book him as Vampire Godfrey. And there's like a he, he dresses up <laughs> with a with a cape and then like <laughs> fake vampire teeth. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Anyway, that's what I watched. So, okay, Hope. What have you seen recently? Um, I watched uh, Prisoners of the Ghost Land. You know that one? It's oh. Nicholas Cage. Oh my gosh! It's oh. like next on my list. I cannot wait to watch it this week. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, w- I won't give anything away then. But I was really excited to see it because I'm a big fan of director Cyan Sono, and it's his first English language movie. And his movies are so nuts. And I thought, oh, well, who better than to have Nicholas Cage in his movie? Um, you know, and, and Bill Mosley is in it. He plays the, the mayor of Samurai Town. And, uh, and you know, and, and it's such a, a, a just a wild mishmash of, of things. It's a, it's a musical uh, it's uh, it's a horror film. There are zombies. It's uh, very Mad Max. It's very very Mad Max, and it's like a, a samurai movie. I mean, it's just nuts. But it was also in spots gorgeous. So that was uh, that was a super fun one. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and um, and I watched uh, a movie. I think it comes out Friday. It's called Coming Home in the Dark. It's a it's a New Zealand horror film. So I was expecting it. You know, New Zealand horror films are always, they, they seem like they're always very sort of lighthearted and funny and a lot of splatter. And that's kind of what I was expecting, but it's a lot more like an Australian, you know, gritty road thriller kind yeah. of a thing. Um, hmm. And, you know, a, a family camping. Oh, that's always a bad idea. Terrible decision. <laughs> you know, and these two drifters, you know, walk into the campsite, you know, things are just going to go straight to hell. And they do. Um, the performances are great, though. And and I thought it was, I mean, it's a real simple movie. Actually, it's funny, it reminded me a little bit of, of Vacancy in that it's just a very unadorned kind of straightforward, no B story, no like complications sort of a plot. But it worked out really well, I think, because of the, because of how, how good the performances are. So that's, you know, I like that one a lot. And I rewatched Bubba Hotep. Yeah, sweet. Oh, nice. Right? Why not? Um, that that movie is just always so much fun. And and you know what? Yeah. 
weirdly sad like the you know the oh, way yeah. it sort of looks at disposable old people yeah, like yeah, that yeah. but uh yeah. God, I, I mean bruce campbell of course is just glorious i'll see davis <laughs> is also just glorious um yeah so that's those were mine for this week awesome. yep we just did um john dies at the end on our time travel episode um nice. on our last episode and, and of course we all brought up Bubba hotep and it's mm-hmm. it's due for a rewatch for me i haven't seen yeah, it so probably here. in five or six years and uh yeah, I remember that was one of the first like movies that sort of I mean, I, there's like different levels of movies that sort of change how you view movies. It's like I remember my brother showed me kids when I was way too young. Oh, that yeah. sort of was I'll like, wow. oh, shit. And then, you know, <laughs> oh, then but then it was like, you know, then I saw Donnie Darko in high school. And then, now it's sort of funny to look back on that. But I was like, you know, whoa, this is crazy. Like yeah. Emo what they can came do. Out then, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I was yeah. I was just in high school when I came out. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And then, you know, but uh, Bubba Hotep was one of those where I'm like, this is like, you know, Don Cossarelli is it didn't just do Phantasm. He did this. This shit's wild. Like and this this guy's doing this like trying to on paper explain that movie to people like, oh, yeah, Elvis. Bruce Campbell plays an Elvis who didn't die. He's in a nursing home with JFK, who's played by Ossie Davis, the black guy. And it's like what the fuck are you saying? Like, that's a, that, that's a movie. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, you, you just got to watch it. There's no explaining it. You just got to watch it. Yeah. You, I actually have, to- I have a podcast as well. It's called Fright Club. It's not very, it's not dissimilar to this where I pick a topic and we talk about, I rank the five best movies of whatever the topic is. And, um, every other episode we do live at the gateway film center in Columbus. And I show one of the movies. Oh, nice. uh, and so that's what Bubba Hotep hmm. was. We did, I did a, my husband and I, we did a podcast. It's called Fright Club and it was on aging and horror movies. Like how, you know, how horror treats aging and the movie that we showed is Bubba Hotep. And a lot of the audience had never seen it before, which is my, nice. absolutely my goal, you know, yeah, when I yeah. program that. And, uh, and, nice. and the other, the other goal is that everybody loves it and you, you'll never find anybody who doesn't love that movie. Yeah. I wish my first time was in a theater with like full of people. I mean, that just, I'm like jealous that I, I, I lucked out. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, you saw it with, Bruce Campbell, or was it just an intro? It's yeah. He had like this special intro, and he was thanking everybody, you know, for making you know this movie possible. And um, I think I told you guys the story. It's just like he's he tells you know Sam Sam Raimi supposedly calls him and he says, "Oh, tell him to wait," you know, and blah blah blah, and like, "Hey, Sam, how's it going?" You know, after he introduces everything, and he says his eyes get like really wide and. He says, "Evil Dead Four, all right," and then he just he runs off the off the screen, and you know, and then the movie started, and it was it was just a it was just a cute little thing that you know they did for the you know for the film, and yep, yeah, I'm so I'm still sad that we don't get what was it Bubba Nosferatu or uh, yeah yeah I, I heard at one and... point like uh, what was the guy from. Uh, his name is escaping me. He was in John Dies at the End. He was the reporter. Uh, oh, help me Paul out, Giamatti. guys. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, he was supposed to be in that. I heard yeah. at one point. Yeah, because I think I said this when we talked about John Dies at the End. Paul Giamatti is quite the uh, the um, Don Cassarelli fan. Yeah. Aren't we all? That's right. All right, Ted, yeah. what did you watch? Um, I actually, I've been out of town, uh, for the last week at Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando, but, um, I did manage to watch something, 
uh, right before I left for the first time, and it was um, a movie called Manhunter by Michael Mann. Oh, yeah. uh, that oh, was a yeah. first first time watch for me. Um, wow. Watched it for my my other podcast first time, and uh, my guest picked this movie, and it uh, somehow all these years it surpassed. Like I just never saw it. It's been on my watch list for ever, and uh, I had no idea. Like going into it, you know, I, I did not watch trailers. I've never seen clips. I've, I don't know anything about it going in and I, I that's the best way to go into it. So, mm-hmm. uh, I loved it. It's gorgeous. It's so well done. I, it's crazy to me. Like now we're used to, if a movie doesn't do well, like the suicide squad, we just get suicide squad, sort of like a read. Uh, <laughs> let's just re- go back and redo it a few years later where it's like, Back then, they did Manhunter, and then Sounds of the Lambs came out, and it's like everybody just sort of forgot Manhunter existed. And mm-hmm. you know, now we we had our new uh, Hannibal Lecter, and and that that whole franchise was born. But it's like Manhunter kicks all of their asses. Sorry, it's like the best. But um, wow. yeah, I was really blown away by it. Uh, I assume everyone else on the show has seen it. Long well, ago. yeah, it's hard to get the image of Tom Noonan with pantyhose on his face out of it. It's <laughs> the, the cast, creepy. Yeah, the it's fucking so cast. Good. I'm like, holy shit, he's in it, he's in it, he's in it. Like, Brian every, Cox. Yeah, Brian Cox. Yeah, it's just like uh, Stephen Lang. I mean, yeah. uh, Chris Elliott made, he's like a small character. And I'm like, is that Chris Elliott? Like, what the fuck is he? <laughs> Manhunter? Like, <laughs> he's a real uh, actor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it is mind blowing. Of course, you know, and then some. Just the visuals in it, like the Michael Mann. You know, there, there's a, like the scene where they're laying in bed in the blue ocean in the background, and it's just yeah, very stylistic. And the the finale, the music, uh, just kicks so much ass. It's like why isn't this uh, celebrated more? And it's, apparently, I'm the last. I'm yeah. very late to the boat because apparently <laughs> it is very celebrated. But um, if I picked one movie to watch in the last two weeks, that was a good choice and. Uh, yeah. You know, n- now I'm pissed that the uh, Shout Factory Blu-ray is out of print and it's like $100 everywhere. So hopefully someone gets the rights back and does like a new 4K or something. So because uh, now I'm kicking myself for waiting so long, but better late than never. It was badass. And uh, yeah, that that's the only thing I've watched. All right. So. um. Hey, you know what time it is? What? Man. It's tweeting time. Here's Jason with pole position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of pole position. All right, before we get into this week's, let's take a quick look back to episode 243's pole position. The question, what is the best DVD Blu-ray 4K release of 2021 so far? Y'all remember your answers. Of course, I'll read them anyway. Mike says, Deadly Friend. Woo! Jason says, They Live, the 4K with the Frank toy. Tad says, Psycho Gorman, Hunky Boy, Ultimate Edition. Andy says, Event Horizon. Oh, the answer is going to shock you. Well, not this part. Insane Mike, zero <gasps> votes. Zero percent. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Bunch of bullcrap. Jason coming in third place with 25% of the votes. And tied for first, it's Ted and Andy, 38%. Wow. Yeah. I'll Andy's take it. just cleaning up this week. Mm. 
<laughs> but all right, it's time to get into this week's. And I'll tell you what, it's been we've been doing pole position probably I think over a year now, and we're finally getting into real important questions. <laughs> this episode is going to finally break down everything that you've known before. Right. Let's be honest to our listeners. We uh, did not come up with a topic until we were ready to hit Ted, record. slide that curtain back over. They don't want to know. They <laughs> want to know that the question is, what is your favorite breakfast in a motel that, that, that morning? You get up, you get, you get down there. What, what do you get? What's your favorite hotel bre- motel breakfast item? in St. Mike. That's easy. Biscuits and gravy, oh, baby. That's good. Mm. That's good. That's just the best breakfast food anywhere. It doesn't <laughs> even have to be at a hotel motel. Yeah. Whatever's. You flip open the dumpster and you're like, oh, there's biscuits and gravy. Yes. Yep. That sil- yeah, that silver platter thing. You <laughs> you have the lid and you don't know where to put it, and it's you have to hold it in one hand while trying to scoop it in the other, and there's yep. some someone's putting the spoon. On the on the actual Always. counter, yep. yeah, in the wrong yes. spot. There's more gravy on the counter than there is actually in the fucking container. <laughs> yep, and there's a nice skin on top of the gravy. Oh, mm, you guys are making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go next. This Might what, as well be glue. It's definitely one of my favorites. It is my favorite because it's what I picked. And I pick a toasted bagel with cream cheese. Oh, man, nothing beats a bagel in the morning. They That's have what, those like little individual cream cheese. Yeah, it takes fourteen of those to just <laughs> get enough cream cheese on your bagel. Ted, what's your pick? Well, my pick is the, the, obviously the best one because I was the one that came up with Come the idea. Um, but I will say, I was I stayed at the last week in a hotel <laughs> and I went down to the dining area and I was looking forward. They had um, smoked salmon like. Bagel sandwiches Ooh, with uh, bagel. capers, or That's they nice. had, or they had um, avocado toast and, and with vegan cheese. And I'm like, I'm lactose intolerant, so I was really. I, I looked at the menu on my phone because <laughs> everything's no, no touch now, you know, no. Yep. Uh, so so you had to look on the on the menu on the phone, and so I go down there, and they these fucking people had these pre-made. Uh, in like a container like how gross is that like you know how oh. soggy that's gonna be after it's been in a counter for a minute it's already gonna be ruined yeah. and i saw this woman walk up and she goes so oh so they're already pre-made and the the, the lady working behind the counter goes yeah but we have a toaster over there what is she supposed to disassemble a goddamn sandwich with cream cheese already in it and salmon and put it or do you just or do you want her to stomp it into the fucking toaster with all the <laughs> toppings what what kind of answer is that oh we have a toaster over there yeah you made it already <laughs> That's not a solution. That's not an, a realistic solution. And Maybe I think she was trying she to could take the toaster. You know, it's just like you have a toaster. So a soggy sandwich is Dad's answer. Well, it was like I was like, you know, maybe offer her like, okay, I'll go get you a bagel. You go toast it, and then I'll put the stuff on it because I'm just standing here, not doing anything. I might as well. <laughs> but no, that was literally her solution. The girl like just walked away. So. um but I was like really bummed. I was like, you put the avocado, you don't put avocado on the toast and let it sit. Like avocado turns brown in three minutes. Um, anyways, <laughs> my answer to this question um, is Sorry. the obvious best one. And it's the waffle because um, there's always a 12 minute line waiting for it. Yep. Yeah. Um, you never know how to fucking operate it. Nobody never. does. People let their kids uh, go, go walk up to it. You oh. know, it's it's a burning hot machine. They can't even look over the counter, but the unattended children trying to run it. <laughs> um, 
no directions on how to use it. Just a, a loose cup of batter sitting on a counter. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, but the best part about it is it's not your kitchen. So when you make a huge fucking mess, fuck? it's not your, your problem. <laughs> uh, the underpaid, you know, staff that hates your guts is the one that has to chip it off the counter every morning. But, um, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing worse, nothing better than a, uh, half, half of a waffle. Cause you never put the right <laughs> yeah. amount in there and you just drown it in uh, really bad syrup. And then you're sticky for the rest of the day uh, and probably the next. And, and your little uh, butter you know, packets are even smaller than my cream cheese packets. Yeah, and and as someone who has a big beard, it's like I can I get taste <laughs> the syrup and smell it the rest of the day. I just smell like a walking waffle. Nice. So um, I would say waffle, even though they have those like weird pancake. Have you guys seen the pancake machines at some hotels <laughs> now? No. Yeah, they have them like conveyor belts, what? and and it's a, it's a fucking pancake machine. <laughs> <laughs> you stay at all the coolest places. <laughs> no, I mean. It, I'll send a link later. Oh, it's, okay. it's too much, but uh, yeah, waffles. Link winter. later. So basically, Ted's not a morning Richard? person. Not that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I think he needs a nap now. <laughs> and Andy, what's your favorite? Oh well, I gotta go with like the little prepackaged uh, cereals because I just like I like cereal in general. You know, I could be like a kid at a soda machine and just do like a like a suicide into like a big fucking bowl and just. <laughs> Um, mix them all up exactly yeah i since you know tad mentioned that all the staffs hate you i just don't want anything <laughs> you know god knows what's in that pancake batter next time you eat it so oh, i just ruined it for you right. um but yeah that way if i know if it's prepackaged, i mean, i know it's less likely to be fucked with it could just be put out there and, but i can know. still see you with that little machine with the turning handle that oh yeah those are fun too and just <laughs> Yeah, Belgian, oh, I remember. I think they're a Belgian waffle. What that's well, called? When when I was uh, a kid, I remember my parents or my mom would get like the variety pack of little cereals, and me and my siblings would fight over the like sugary ones, and then there'd just be like Cheerios and and cornflakes <laughs> left, and it was like yeah, mom wouldn't buy Rice Krispies. Yeah, my mom wouldn't buy a new like package until we <laughs> ate those. Yeah, it was it was like they would sit there two weeks. It was like a protest, like. Who's gonna be the sacrificial lamb and eat the goddamn cornflake so we can get some goddamn Fruit Loops in here? And so Twitter only lets us have four <laughs> answers, but hope <laughs> if you were to pick your favorite hotel motel breakfast item, what's yours? I do have a quick take on that cereal thing yeah. because I have an older sister who would eat all of the Lucky Charms marshmallows out of the oh. box of Lucky Charms, just eat them dry, and then leave the rest for us oh, to eat, like. Who wants to eat that? First of all, your filthy hands been in there. Second of all, <laughs> it's basically just Cheerios, like shaped like, you know, for, uh, four leaf clover. Gross. Yeah. Anyway, so I share so your nice. ire. You know. I'm um, actually kind of pressed she had the diligence to just pick out all the damn marshmallows <laughs> from a whole box. I think she was high. That's my guess. <laughs> marshmallows. Because that'll do it. Anyway, sugar high. Uh, I think I'm probably going to go with. Um, you know, scrambled eggs. Uh, that's a, you know, it's hard to go wrong with those. And and you guys took all the good ones. And that's true. Good. That's also true. <laughs> yeah, I had some scrambled eggs yesterday at the hotel, and I would put those on the bottom of my list. They're always <laughs> uh, they're always like, what are these made of? Like, this is not you egg texture. No Pow- powder and water, baby. Yep. yep. Yeah. Mystery yeah. meat. All right. Well, get your butts over to Twitter. <laughs> Vote! I'm so excited to see the the results of this poll because it could go anyway on this one. 
But uh, yeah, get over to Twitter at AOTKP. Get those votes in. Who picked the best? I uh, think Godsoul's a waffle guy. He looks like a waffle guy. There's a lot of What's carbs in waffles. <laughs> so he's just mean? like a sausage link guy. <laughs> anyway. Oh my God. That's pole position. I love you, Brian. Just so you know. <laughs> no, we all do too. That's pole position. I, pole position. Okay. <laughs> so it is time to talk about motel movies. Uh, we got three awesome movies to talk about tonight. Were we supposed to watch movies? Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Uh, and <laughs> all three of those, I just want to point out, have been made in the past 20 years. Oh, yeah. And I cannot remember the last time. I- These all start with a two. What? The year. The, the year starts with a two. That's I cannot nice. remember the last time I've ever stayed in a motel that did not have the um, key, the, the card key doors. Oh, yeah. Uh it's been probably more than 20 years since that, right? So my advice based on these movies is if you end up staying in a motel that still uses keys on those uh, diamond-shaped <laughs> key just things go. like in all of these movies do, um, maybe just keep driving until you find another one. So with that said, Tad, what's our first movie? Our first movie is from 2003, and it is Identity. There was a storm. It was an accident. We had an accident. And we got stuck and we couldn't get out. We couldn't get out because of the storm. Hi! It's flooded. It's a dead end. You're the manager? Officer Rhodes. Transporting a prisoner here. But the roads are all flooded and I could use a room. I don't think we can get out tonight. I'm not staying here. Are you out of your mind? There is no place else to go. What happened to the motel? People started dying. What's going on? Go in your room and lock your door. And then their bodies, they disappeared. Nobody in there. That's not possible. I saw what happened. We all saw what happened. This doesn't make any sense. Maybe there's some connection between all of us. Like what? My birthday next week. Me too. Me too. Uh, 12-minute trailer gives away quite a bit. (laughs) But uh, stranded at a desolate Nevada motel during a rainstorm, 10 strangers become acquainted with each other when they realize that they're being killed off one by one. What a strange description of this movie. 
when they realize that they're being killed off one by one, like as if they're just, oh, we're being killed. Um, directed by James Mangold, written by Michael Cooney, has a really crazy cast of John Amazing. Cusack, Ray Liotta, Amanda Peet, John Hawks, Alfred Molina, Clay Duvall, um, William Lee Scott, Pruitt, Taylor Vice, um, Vince, uh, Jake Busey, who's not in this movie. This is a first-time watch for me. This this oh. whole episode, everything was wow. a first-time watch, but really? this, I will say, like, I've always associated identity in a movie we're watching later in the episode with each other. They came out around similar times. I dismissed them. Um, I've always sort of assumed they were, th- this time of, uh, this decade, I guess, this time period, I always just sort of thought these kind of movies in my mind, I, w- I thought they would sort of suck. And um, this one really surprised me. I really enjoyed it for someone who Yay, doesn't like Cusack. Yeah. Cusack. I'm not a big Cusack fan, oh. but it, I, I love Ray Liotta. I love Amanda Peet. Um, Alfred Molina's awesome. Everyone was, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just not a, a Cusack fan, but it, I thought it was really good. It kept me on, uh, kept me guessing. I, I loved the uh, mystery of it. Like I said, I'm so glad I didn't watch that trailer. I mean, they just... Yeah. <laughs> Reveal spoiled the reveal, the big reveal about the birthday thing, and I mean that's that's not the reveal, but uh, why do they do that to why trailers? But I I yeah. really enjoyed this one. I thought it was intense and really cool and a lot of fun. Uh, what do you guys think? I think. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was gonna say. I mean, I think that this movie really got slept on when it came out because I saw it like you know right when it came out on DVD. And, you know, everybody talked about how, you know, good frailty was, you know, and not a lot of people saw it and they kind of discovered it later. And I think this is right up there with it. Um, yeah, I mean, Tad pretty much covered what I said. I mean, I think the story is what is really, really unique and mm-hmm. uh, um, just, yeah, I mean... You've got yeah, Rebecca De Mornay, uh, which you know you don't you hardly see her in anything anymore. I mean, I know this was what was this two thousand and three? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Just the the whole you know, uh, bit of a spoiler here. The whole you know, basically these are multiple personalities killing each other off. And, uh, yeah, the, the thought of that, you know, just being, you know, being played out and then like the countdown with the keys and everything. And, um, yeah, I pretty much like everybody that is, that is in this film. And I think, I mean, I could probably watch John Hawks in anything, you know, because he is, he is so good. Um, then you need to see that scary movie I watched like earlier this year and then you might change your mind. <laughs> don't don't try to find things you don't like with him. Come on. Actually, I still actually because of that movie, I wanted to watch more of his stuff, but that movie's just bad in general. But he's the best part. Um Yeah, I I I don't really have have much much to add, but uh yeah, the the ending is such a kick in the nuts. You just like you're totally mm-hmm. bummed out, but um you know, that's just, it's a horror movie. What do you expect? But, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, Tad said it best, I think. I oh, love man. this movie so much. So I love it. I think 
I love it more and more every time I watch it. And this last time, I think I really discovered, you know, and that I, I think this movie is in my love subconscious more than I realized because I, 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 I think my, I, I think this movie, <laughs> there's some inspiration on our movie Collapse from this one. Oh, I know you love a good thriller. Mm-hmm. We're done. <laughs> Which part? Well, just like the reveal on top of the reveal on top oh. of the reveal. And like, because the biggest reveal is is the beginning of the third act. You know, it's not like, surprise, this is a twist ending. This is what's really happening. No, there's no. not one single moment that starts just people are disappearing. Weird shit starts happening. Yeah, when the You're weird like, what's it's, what? it just starts off and I also realized this last time watching it too. It's obviously obviously a a you know, ten little ten little Indian story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I it's gotta probably be my favorite I'll just say that. Maybe it's literally. my favorite of the ten little well, yeah, literally because yep. uh-huh. it's ten people. Mm-hmm. Uh and it just you once you I get sucked into so many different aspects of this movie right at the beginning when we're introducing all the characters and how that intertwines like um John C Riley's wife wouldn't have, you know wouldn't have got hit by the car if it wasn't for the fact they got the flat but they got the flat because Amanda Pete threw that threw that shoe out the window and they ran over the shoe and and you know just all the circumstances that brought these people together and how most of it's intertwined mm-hmm. and then there's and then the murders start to happen and you're involved in that and trying to solve that mystery as you watch the movie. Yeah. When um and then like the the big reveal of who these people really are. Well, first of all, and then it starts going into a supernatural realm. And they throw mm-hmm. they throw a very a very um uh I don't want to say bad, but just this like blatant red herring of you know when when Clea says like this land was built on Indian burial ground or whatever, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you're like, what? Come on! I feel like that was that was that was maybe uh, poorly right. written on purpose, just so that when you do get the real it's reveal, it's even a... more awesome because <laughs> you're like, a, that's like the uh, worst sleight of hand of because <laughs> because you're thinking to yourself, at least it's not Indian burial grounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. The cast, I freaking the it's, cast. It's like the perfect cast for me. I love everybody so much in this cast, including John Cusack, Ted, um, Ray Liotta is awesome. John Hawks is awesome. Amanda Peet. All of these people, I'll watch in anything. John, John C. C. Riley, John is, C. McGinley, McGinley might I, be my favorite. John C. McGinley, it's is, such a one eighty from his role on Scrubs. He's Scrubs. like this super super ego man. But, to mm-hmm. me, that personality oh. makes so much sense. Oh, so cool. Because that's like the father that, you know, the Pruitt Taylor Vance character uh-huh. never had. Uh-huh. I mean, it, these, 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 when people who have dissociative identity disorder, they, manif- they manifest people that protect them or, you know, Fill can the go on the offensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, that kind of. He, and, he, and he plays a stepfather. So, I mean, I guess he knew he never knew his real father. So, I mean, he kind of wishes he had that kind of personality in his life, you know. Just from a from a psychological standpoint, that personality makes sense. 
Yeah, all of them make sense, and they all have unique attributes that that tie in really well with the idea of multiple personalities within this one person. Um, but you know, and and then again, you got like you got. You just got so many. Oh, you had to love it when they their names were states. You were probably just had a boner when that started <laughs> happening. Just, yes, the names. The names mean something. Sorry, that's just. No, I'm I'm really bad at like guessing how move like people are always like I saw it like right away the oh, giveaway. I'm, I'm 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 a fucking idiot, so I never see. Which is good when you're yeah. watching movies. Like I'm so dumb yeah. that I never see endings coming. Um, so I can enjoy things, which is great. Because um, I, 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 when they start revealing things, I'm like, how did I not fucking notice that? Am I like seriously need to get checked out by a doctor? Like, why did I not put two and two together? But is this the first time watch for anyone else, or is it just me? I've seen it a bunch of times. I saw it like right when it uh, came out on DVD. I, I was very intrigued by it. So I saw it. I saw it back when it came out, and I remember um, actually a movie that came out before this sort of ruined it for me. Do you guys remember the movie Adaptation? Oh, yeah. Uh, Nicholas oh, yeah. Cage yeah. plays a set of twins. And the one twin is this, you know, tortured writer. And the other twin is like this dumbass who's writing this movie. big, giant movie. Do you remember the plot of the dumbass's movie? The whole thing takes place inside the hero's head. It's a split personality story. And they're all trying to kill each other inside his head. And the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, wait a minute. Is this just the one twins movie finally got made? I think we just watched it. That guy's movie. This is crazy. Which made it fun in a weird way. But I still kept like, but I caught on much earlier than I wanted to, right? About about what this story was doing. And then... And then the whole movie felt dumb to me, and it certainly should not have felt dumb, but it like felt dumb because of this leftover weirdness from the adaptation. <laughs> that's a um, strange. That's I weird. can't think of another example where like a, a one movie that's yourself. not connected, yeah, yeah is right. spoiled it. But that makes sense. Yeah. But I do love John Hawks. John Hawks oh. is just hilarious. He's so great, and, and you know, I love because in this he plays that sort of goofy, lovable loser character. But then if you watch like Martha Marcy May Marlene, um, you know, or or um, Winner's Bone. Winner's Bone, and he's just terrifying in oh, both of those. You're like, where oh, did yeah. this come from? He's He's got great range. He is. He's so good. I know. I think Mike and I both saw it in the theater, and mm-hmm. it's just, and I, I feel like Tad a lot, too. I, or I definitely try to be as clean slate as possible, and I fell for it all the way. It was just, I just remember walking out of there just mind-fucking-blown, <laughs> just like, oh, my God, the writing is the so good. Well, yeah, I think the writing is is brilliant, and it's just there's layers upon layers. Like, just, you know, if 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 you can figure out one avenue where this movie's going, there's still like there's still like all these other branches of things you probably didn't figure out. Like, you know, Ray Liotta's character has got a character twist to it. Yeah. You know, um, John Hawks's character's got a twist to it. And you're watching, and you, you get these like little clues and hints of like something's not right with these particular characters, and you're trying to put it together. Oh yeah, you know, and all that. And then the the, the big, big, big reveal that I don't want to spoil is still not, you know, yeah. the whole split personality thing is still not even the the biggest reveal of the whole movie. Oh man, yeah, yeah it's fun, and there's not a dull moment in it, which is nice. Like, yeah, it's a it's a nice trim ninety minutes that they don't waste any of you know and i i felt like uh i feel bad for sleeping on it like like this whole I, i'm you know maybe at the time i was just too uh close-minded it. and i'm like this 
this has too many faces I recognize. <laughs> this isn't yeah, grimy, sure. you know, uh, blood and guts horror. Like this, I'm, and there's a yeah. similar, there's other similar movies coming out around the same time, and it just sort of fit in this um, box that I shouldn't have put it in because it's it's actually really good. This is definitely Excellent. something I could see like popping up on uh, in the middle of the night or on like even like TBS or something, and I'd stop and watch it even with commercials. You know what I mean? Like. Hmm. one of those movies that you always not unlike goodfellas with ray liotta but uh just something that i would it's like not a guilty pleasure but it's just something that is like a cozy movie you know it's one of those comfort food the you know when you see a director before he became like oh wow james mangold you know like Mm -hmm. this was long before logan or 310 to yuma or or Ford, you know, versus Ferrari. This is just one of his earlier movies where he was still kind of a hit or miss director. And then you realize later, oh, this guy's going to be awesome. Yeah, he's doing Indiana yeah. Jones 5. Yeah. yeah. And so- well, that may or may not be awesome. <laughs> yeah, so- but it's just crazy to think, like, yeah, he's, you know, yeah. And so much rain. <laughs> this I know, is like right? the wettest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> the water budget alone. It had to have been. I don't even want to film this. <laughs> Miserable for everyone. Oh, yeah. Had to be. Had to be. <laughs> Love it. Oh, but it adds. It adds so much awesome atmosphere. That's what I think oh, when I turned it on. I, I love a. I, I get like it's a cozy feeling to me. Any, it's like a comfort, weirdly comforting thing when there's a storm in a movie. Like oh, I, right around yeah, this time of year. Minutes of when it's getting a little chilly out and it's sure. like you throw on a stormy movie and it's like, I, I get under my blanket and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, you know, get some nice. Apple the poster. This poster fucking rules too. It does. Yeah. It is a cool. Poster. It's cool. Yeah. Call out that. That's great. That, anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Is that kind of giveaway? That maybe. Yeah. See, that's what or I'm not. glad. Like I, I, I'm glad, sort of glad I put it in the box and didn't pay any attention to it. Cause like I said, this was, it was like, I was all along for the ride. I'm probably the only moron that did not see anything <laughs> coming, but thank God for my stupid brain that can't figure things out until yeah, your stupid brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, in tribute to Ted's stupid brain, we will move on to the next movie. Uh, <laughs> Andy, aw. what's our next movie? This oh one was a special God. gift for you guys from me. Uh, God, don't don't claim okay. that. Okay. Um, whereas we just talked about a movie that was very thought provoking and very <laughs> intriguing, <laughs> we're gonna go to one where you don't really have to think. You just have to hold on and see if you can keep your uh, lunch inside your stomach. <laughs> um. This comes from us from 2016, and it is called Night of Something Strange. What was that? I think it's another truck. What can I do you for? We'd like two rooms. Are you okay? (sighs) (sighs) Carrie?
trailer's really giving away everything, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Five friends set out for the beach on their spring break, va- break vacation. Good times are cut short when one of the group, Carrie, contracts a sexual transmitted disease during a bathroom stop. When they stop for the night at an isolated motel, the real terror begins when the STD virus starts running rampant, turning those infected into the living dead. However, there's more going on at the motel than meets the eye. Okay. <laughs> right from the get-go, this movie does not pull any punches whatsoever. Our, our good friend Cornelius um, <laughs> decides to have sex with a corpse, which in turn is... Yes, this is, this is right from the get-go. They're not screwing around. Um, they, they sort of are. They are really... Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Um... Basically, he didn't read the toe tag, not like he gives a shit because he's having sex with a corpse. Um, But it has like an STD that's radioactive, and basically it's, from what I can tell, this is like a hybrid of, it's like Troma took like the script from, they came from within and Night of the Living Dead and then said, we're going to make a movie about it. So you've got rapey zombies, in other words. And the amount of disgusting shit this is that coming I from saw Andy. Yeah. in this movie. Yeah, and I'm, you know, it, it, and it's so, God, it's so rapey. It's, oh. Um, let's just, I'll give you the cliff notes here. Um, homosexual rape, unbeknownst to the guy who basically is playing the bully, and I don't know why he's playing the bully, because a stiff wind could carry his scrawny ass away. <laughs> We have him jerking off into a dumpster and hitting his head, which was hilarious. Um, we've got a guy tearing out a uterus, um, who I can only believe who... I don't know if that was Cornelius's mother that he um, sexually assaulted or his wife. Um, didn't really specify. Um, my God, it's... It's so nasty. We've got spray farts on a guy's face. I mean, my God. <laughs> um, we've got the nastiest looking toilet I've ever seen in my life. I saw a, a, and you've seen a, a woman's vagina. Yeah. I I saw a woman's vagina turn into the garlic pit monster from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> um, uh, and, the, and these, and, 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 and I'm just scratching the surface, but I tell you what, nothing is worse than Dirk's dialogue, but thankfully he pays for every stupid shit that he utters when it comes out of his mouth. The ending I loved. Um, God, oh yeah, we got some, we got ovaries getting torn out. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. very just, you know, uh, it's it's hilarious, but it's so, so, so disgusting. Um, I have nothing to say because I just basically, uh, it is just, a, it's, 
it's it's a it's a very easy you know to movie to get what the plot is and everything and you know you don't really need character development in a movie like this he's um, really dancing around calling this movie dumb I, I i try to be nice but i mean it's better than Clowntergeist. so um, hey, <laughs> it's not put so that bad. on the box uh the tagline on the box is don't forget your rubbers and bazooka the prim- the premiere for this movie, they handed out condoms. Yeah, because people who never mind. <laughs> yeah, people who do frequent these movies are just getting <laughs> laid so much. Um, yeah, well, I can say that I've seen it. Um, <laughs> cool, good. I, I've endured it. Um, yeah, yeah I, uh, I I don't I don't like to you know I, I, I try to find good in things. I don't want to crap on indie indie films. I love uh, a lot of low budget indie films, um, but the humor was not for me. It just the the like uh, I don't know what it's it's I don't even know, guys. Uh, it's an hour and a half half long rapey car crash. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, just. The um, just the, the the dialogue, the jokes, just were like I'm like, who wrote this? A thirteen year old? Like, I don't know. It just the, the some of the gore was okay. Um, <laughs> I watched it. I get those. Are the there's two. There's could, two. I watched it. Yeah, yeah can I can I? say that. Yes, hope something famous. <laughs> Please, you know it, it's funny. Tad sent me the the list of movies, and he warned me. He said this one is a little bit questionable. And the funny thing is, I had already seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this <laughs> played it played at Nightmares Film Festival. I think you know the the, the year that it came out, and I saw it there. Um, and I do want to say that I thought the third act monster effects were were fun, right? I mean, it sort of oh. had a kind of had a killer condom look about it, which yeah, was yeah. which was mm-hmm. fun. I can't say that it made it worth uh, sitting through the rest of it. I, I you know, um, I, I do have to say that um, I, I, I cannot, I have a very hard time getting behind a movie that, that plays rape for jokes. Oh, yeah. You know, like exactly. I, love Trauma, I love Lloyd Kaufman. I hate Mother's Day. I love hey, Alex de Iglesia. I, I, I don't like Perdita Durango. Like when a man writes and directs a rape scene for laughs, I just want to run that man down with my car, which makes it hard to enjoy his film. Um, but I, I do think that there are, um, toward the end of the film, I think that there are a couple of, of um, effects bits that are kind of inspired. I can't remember the last time I cringed as hard as when the dude like comes in and the, the, you know, the big guys in bed and he's the zombie and he thinks it's his girlfriend. That whole, that whole oh, story yeah. part was painful for oh, me. Literally painful. <laughs> no, I was just oh the, the, it's so like the juvenile, the juvenile humor. And I, I'm pretty immature, but and I, like I said, I'm a fucking idiot, but I'm like, I just, oh, in no situation that he was saying, he's like, yeah, yeah. That's oh, what it looks I'm, like. He dropped did, a little, <laughs> some peanuts down here. Dude, it was was he, so fun. Did, I, he said about mm. peanuts or corn or something. I'm like, yeah. no one was would say corn? this. No, I, don't I don't know. I, mean, and this, I don't ever want to. Besides the fact, of course, that this that he thinks it's his girlfriend who weighs like 80 pounds, and this man is like 200 yeah, pounds heavier. Right. And you think, wow, right. that, yeah. how on. dark is you? That? Really don't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, and how his girlfriend hit your head, dude. <laughs> and that's the thing is like it's not even like uh, that part is like you know it's not even like the the rapey zombies. He is take like he his girlfriend has been telling him no the whole movie, and she doesn't feel good. 
And then if it was his girlfriend, it would be bad. You know, yeah. it's like he's he's regardless of who's actually in the bed, which, you know, it doesn't matter at this point. It's just whoever is in that bed is getting taken advantage of. And it's like and he he's making this yeah. the cringiest. It, no one would ever say these things. And it's just like trying so hard for a laugh. And I'm just like, I could not if I could have crawled out of my skin, I would have. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's. I hated it. Well, so when he says, "Oh, baby, you're you're a little stinky tonight," was not no funny. Okay, no, no. no. Well, believe it or not, I'm going to say something nice about Na- this movie. Nauseating <laughs> as shit is more like it. So. I'm now. I'm not saying that every single thing you guys have said is wrong because you are right on every single thing you said. But so this right this movie <laughs> it it holds a special place in my heart because it was a Halloween Palooza submission and when you get when you got you know a hundred horror movies uh, to to watch uh, it's easy to see the ones that stand out for better or worse but this one definitely stood out and uh, and so there's you know, not maybe it pride's not the word, but to see them go on and get distribution and turn turn it's their movie into something, thing. it feels good. As you know, anytime we, we ever see, yeah. especially with the features, anytime we see a movie go on to be a bigger and better thing, um, as far as you know, you know, is you know, going beyond playing our little thing, I've, it almost feels like we kind of have some stakes in that a little. You know, there is a sense of pride. I totally get where you're coming and from I, on that. And I, th- you should feel a sense of uh, <laughs> this is of uh, blame. This is this is on I, you. I think <laughs> we. I think it might have even won an award, like best kill that year. I can't remember I can't exactly. Remember. I thought it might have. And you encouraged them. Jeez. Well, I'm, <laughs> in 2016. It was 2016. It was a different time. Man, it was such a different time. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> it, 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 I, I, that is one of my comments. I think I even wrote that on my um, letterbox. Is like, um, how how can a movie feel so dated in only like five I know, years? Right? It's ins- <laughs> I can't believe it. I definitely can't defend any of that stuff. You guys I'm, said, I'm surprised sure. it played at Nightmares Film Festival. But, I don't, but it's it's still fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There there is some fun about it. Yeah, some yeah. of the like the creature effects is. I mean. For, I think they've pulled off some really cool. I mean, it's shot. I think it's shot well for its budget. <laughs> it's it it's got some good effects for its budget. Um, yeah. As much as these guys just yelled at us for supporting this movie, there I'm telling you right now that that Tad and Andy's bad review of this just got ten people that listen to this show excited to go find and watch this. Yeah, movie. probably. Yeah, <laughs> I look God. at this. Yeah, I look at this film as like uh, one of those food challenges, like like yeah. eating the Reaper Pepper. You yeah. know, it's just like okay, can you do this it's, without like drinking water? It's I mean, gross like, out. This is like an endurance. Yeah. This is it's like it's an endurance challenge. It's just, eh. I, I think maybe too for me, um, uh, it was definitely it was definitely a lot harder of a watch this time than Absolutely. it was back in 2016 because I hadn't Believe seen it, it since not. Halloween Palooza. Yep. But I also think maybe I'm a bit desensitized based on some other stuff that I've seen uh, at like this mm-hmm. level or less of filmmakers that have made way worse mm-hmm. as far as on the cringe scale. That you know, as far as thinking that this kind of humor is is the uh, the peak of comedy um 
I'm not going to mention directors' names like Chris Siever or anything like that. <laughs> but yeah. I know or, I spent a lot of this. Or Biel's, what's his name? Biel's, oh, uh, what the hell is that guy? Biel's Nick Bieselbub. Is that the guy who does like the the puppet stuff with like? No, guy who did like uh, he did Dick Shark and he did uh, <laughs> Dick Shark, that classic. Oh, I can't think of his name. Anyway, it's something. Be it has it's some take. It's some Kingdom take on Beelzebub. Dick movies. I did sp- you just go from like I'm not going to name them to like anybody can help me with the name? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I just I spent most of the time during this watch just being like, what the fuck is that? thing on his face like i couldn't stand it i oh, hated the, that makeup on, on the his, the first zombie dude yeah the uh what cornelius cornelius yeah. is that pancake on the side of his face i was like what the fuck is that well according to imdb they went through three effects artists so i believe like the first one quit during pre-production and then the second one Smart. was fired three weeks in and but don't forget lucky brink stevens is in brink this stevens movie. does show up in it who will be at this year's halloween please that's right She's today teacher out. in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Andy said something about trauma. Like I kind of feel that way too. To right. me, it does have a very, very big trauma vibe. Um, more like a trauma vibe. <laughs> yes. It feels like it's really going for that same style of humor. Yeah. Watch under. Um, but I'm going to say it as much as, of a, as I love trauma, feel like this this feels like a more competently made trauma movie <laughs> i'm sorry yeah i said it, it might be poultry guys I, poultry. I, I knew say. it was coming yep or toxy four well they can't all be winners on no. episode i don't remember if there ever has been but um night of something strange yeah so we should move on. Yes, please, <laughs> Jason. What's Let, our? Let's do that. What's our last movie? <laughs> oh man, our last movie is so good. It is from 2007. Its name is called Vacancy. This isn't the interstate. I took a shortcut. To where? How can I help you folks? Do you know a garage? Not this late. Meanwhile, I'm wide open here. I'm sleeping in my clothes. I'm gonna sleep in my shoes. Never should have gotten off the interstate. This looks like a real library of classics. Can you turn that off? David? Uh, I, I don't know. Is that this room? It sure looks like it.
When David and Amy's car breaks down, they have little choice but to spend the night at a remote motel. The couple entertain themselves by watching low-budget slasher movies on TV because most places leave VHS tapes laying around for you to watch until they realize <laughs> that the horrifying images they see were recorded in the room in which they are staying. The hidden cameras capturing their every move. David and Amy must find a way out before they become the latest stars in another film in the series of snuff films. You know how uh, back in, we were talking about identity and Tad's like, you know, I skipped a lot of movies from this time because I thought they were all the same movie. I skipped this movie because I thought they were all the same movie. So this is the first time watched for me. Same here. Oh, wow. Um, so, really? Yeah, yeah, I'd never seen it. Um, and I'll tell you right now, I fucking love Frank Whaley and I fucking love Ethan Embry. And so once I saw that they were in it, I'm like, Oh my God, how'd I skip this? I'm an idiot. Same here. So um, it's another, just like identity for me where it's like, Oh, it's the perfect cast. I know Luke Wilson. And, uh, so, um, and like Hope said earlier, there's, there's no B plot to this, but you know, it's, uh, it's not as a it's not a fun movie but like you know it's you just spend it trying to how the fuck are you going to get out of this situation and uh it's pretty fucking intense so what'd you guys yeah, think new uh first watch for me also and uh again wow um, i'm actually was, really surprised this and identity i would say in my brain were the same movie right um, i get it and so like going into them you know with that mentality of they're the same movie and they have um like we have Cusack and and Wilson, uh, Luke Wilson, <laughs> like two guys who are not known for thrillers or horrors, and uh, especially you know Luke Wilson is like I know him as a funny guy, oh, and yeah. it's like you, Kate Beckinsale, like you, you you know she's too pretty to be a good actress or whatever, you know, and uh, <laughs> well no, I'm just saying like you know in in my mind like at the time I was wrong, Why like you, uh, you know I'm this? like it, yeah. it's two two good looking people in a very polished Hollywood movie. I in my brain I was like this is not up my alley and that's okay, but um no it was way more hardcore than I thought. Like oh. when they start watching those VHS tapes Jesus of the Christ. people getting murdered and stuff, and it's like those were brutal looking. Yeah, <laughs> so I was yeah. like, oh okay, and then I and then I I did, hadn't even looked. I mean, not only did I never watch the trailer or, or anything, I didn't even look at the rating. So then I'm like, oh, this is R. Like we're, they can go balls to the wall, and um, it was you know this t- this type of horror like. It's not my favorite, but it's probably the, the the most that would scare me. Like like this is not quite home yeah. invasion, but like you know the strangers. Like oh. if you watch that at night, Jesus. like there was a time when me and, and Nikki turned it on at like one in the morning, and we freaked ourselves out so bad we had to stop it. <laughs> and it's like people ask me all the time, like what's scary? And it's like this kind of shit because this kind of shit can happen. Yeah. Like like uh, Hope on yeah. the bonus episode talking about you know, going to like a murder hotel. It's like th- <laughs> this th- this is probably what you had in mind what was going to happen. is like, exactly. you know, yes. yeah, you get into this little shack and, and th- 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 all these people know each other and you're the only stranger there and oh suddenly you're just a fucking victim and it's <laughs> like what you have to fight and survive and try to find ways out and, you know, Luke Wilson was not funny in this. He was good and Kate Beckinsale was not just a pretty face. She was really good in this and like yeah. you said frank sir frank whaley and ethan embry i fucking love and oh, uh man. 
him and Devin Sawa, like those two guys having sort of resurgence now again in horror yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Who, you know, they were sort of heartthrobs at a time and now they're coming back in horror. I love that. A um, little bit part for him. I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah, not, official, I didn't get enough of him, but. I'm officially saying it to the world on this podcast. I have a man big crush. man crush yep. on Ethan Embry. I knew it. Oh, I mean, uh, how could you not? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do. I do have a problem with Ethan Embry in this movie, and I'm just going to say this right now. <laughs> Who the fuck lights a sparkler right at a gas, at a gas pump? Oh, no. I don't give a shit if the pumps are bone dry. <laughs> yeah, out of all so, things. Just hand him a blowtorch, might as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just here's I, some dynamite, blow up the whole fucking station. I agree. I thought that oh, at the time, yeah. too. But at oh. the same time, as soon as they crawl out of that hole and you see the stack of sp- and I'm like, where are oh. they? And you see the stack of sparklers right there. I'm like, oh, fuck, they're at the gas station. Yep, it's, yep. All, it's all connected. Yep. You know, so, you know, the sparklers played a, a little bit of a cool reveal. Um, but yeah, who gives <laughs> yeah. sparklers away at a gas station? <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, I, I bought this DVD like right when it came out, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I'm so happy that we revisited this because I, I, I knew it was good, but I forgot how good it, it really was. And um, I had since watched, um, and um, I'm going old school here, but Mountaintop Motel Massacre. You guys ever heard of this? Oh, yeah. Movie? Mm-hmm. Yep. No. Basically, they well the the whole underground thing with this movie they used that like years ago. It's Ugh. the same premise of how this 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 crazy granny is like you know coming up through the floor like a little granny in the box and then like stabbing people and then running off into the night. But I was just like, you know what? I don't even care because it's executed so much well better in this movie. But. Uh, yeah, uh, I forgot about Frank Whaley being this. I I do remember. I I did remember that Ethan Embry was in this, and I enjoyed him. Um, but yeah, just seedy little. I mean, it, oh, just Frank. Just yeah, these, Frank Whaley's character at the hotel. Just the way he's acting is so perfect. Good. Perfect. Fucking little weasel. Oh, um, the mm-hmm. fucking dimes and got sh- that mustache. Like, and, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, God I mean, he looks it. like. He it, he really looks like a uh, epi- uh, an episode <laughs> of To Catch a Predator waiting to happen. Uh-huh. I mean, he just looks he just looks like a pedo. I mean, he's got the wire rim, nineteen eighty five glasses. Just ugh. Ugh. his hair is so poofy. Yeah, <laughs> just him and Luke Wilson going back and forth though. It's fucking <laughs> intense, man. It's oh like, yeah, trying to be funny but trying to be alphas and just like oh man. It's always tough to watch like a couple arguing, oh, like in yeah. fighting and yeah. bickering like this. It's it's hate always it. like, yeah, I hate it too. And um, you know, you you uh, you just put yourself right. Which one's right and you put answer? yourself in the spot of like, there's no winning in the situation. No. I don't care how great of a relationship you have with your significant other. If you're put in a position like this, you're going to end up, you know, disagreeing and arguing, and trying to figure out what the fuck to do and. You know, you like to think, oh, we're going to work together and figure this out, but it's the fucking worst situation to put you in, and uh, it's just Sometimes uh, every you just time I stop talking, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know when you, but it's just like you put you start putting yourself in this position, and it's like you know everything that goes wrong starts going wrong, and you know, uh, just 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it just you, you, your brain starts working, and it's like, what the <laughs> fuck would I do in this? And it's like, oh yeah, dear, now I never want to fucking leave my house again. And oh yeah, yeah. The credits start rolling. I know. Just l- lesson is: do not leave the interstate. Got it? Yeah. Okay. Jeez. I think there's something to be said for the fact that the movie doesn't have any complications or any B plot, right? I mean, yeah. uh, a lot of times those are, you know, they round out a film and they make it feel more full, but they also let give you a breath, right? They yep. let you get away from it. And this never does. It never lets you do that. And one of the things that kills me about this movie, which I had completely forgotten that Mark Smith wrote it, who wrote The Revenant, right, with Tom Hardy wow. and oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow. Yeah. He also wrote Overlord, which is just awesome. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, and it's, uh, I had, you know, I, I don't, I probably just had no, I like, you know, I had no recollection that he was the guy who wrote this movie, but you also would never compare us like such a spare script like this and think, oh yeah, this is going to be the guy who goes on to write the Revenant. You wouldn't, but still <laughs> it's, a, it's an impressive, you know, piece of, of just really mean, lean filmmaking. Yeah, that's what I, I think it's sort of nice. Like in my, it's funny that in my mind, like this and identity were the same, and they're, they're and uh, vacancy and identity and very different. Yeah, one's very complicated and a bind bender, and this one's very straightforward. And I think it's a great balance for this episode because when you suggested both, I was like, "Is he for real?" Like both of these, like we're watching. It's the same in my mind. I was like, "It's the same movie," you know. Pretty faces go to a hotel and and bad shit happens and i couldn't have been more wrong like i'm glad you proved me wrong i'm glad i finally checked both of these off the list and the director he also did i saw on imdb he did predators yeah uh, oh yeah yeah, that that's sort of cool like i think that's underrated i always enjoyed that one the adrian brody one yeah me too probably the only person that likes it but uh i enjoy it uh yeah i do too i love me some walton goggins man yeah so (laughs) I, i was i was glad to get like check these two movies off the list i won't you know not the third one but uh strongly written strong yeah and and from like probably my least favorite era of horror (laughs) movies in general like i feel like just sort of you know i'm glad that mike did not um stick to his normal routine of picking very different (laughs) years and stuff and like i said i i Going into it, I thought this could be disastrous if, you know, these two movies are so similar. What the fuck are we going to talk about? And I was proved wrong again. So, Mike, congratulations. Well, I thank you. Thank you. I definitely knew that this would not be like Identity because Identity is so unique. But this was a first-time watch for me, so I hadn't. I really didn't have any idea going into it. But I wanted to watch it just because I've kind of been on a Luke Wilson kick lately. Nice. Um, wow. Yeah. Oh, no, that's Owen. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. 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 Oh, my God. Um, Luke Wilson's on Stargirl, and he's freaking awesome oh. on that, and it's a great show. So when I saw that Luke Wilson was in this, I'm like, in this topic, I'm like, oh, I, I definitely got to check it out. So I agree with you when just the whole beginning when they're it's so uncomfortable, just a couple bickering back and forth, but it felt even more uncomfortable for me because he's such a lovable guy on Stargirl. And I look at Brandy and I'm like, if if Luke Wilson turns out to be like the asshole character of this movie, I'm going to be very upset because you always just see him as like the lovable nice guy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I love Frank uh, Whaley as well. I, I've always thought he was awesome since I first saw him in Career Opportunities. And I always thought he needed a much bigger career. So anytime he pops up in something, I'm excited. But but yeah, Ethan Embry, beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> need, need more of him, yeah. Need more of him. And what's cool about him is that he can play 
fun-loving, cute, and innocent, and scary as hell at the same time. There's something about his face that like can go from like like you know sad puppy dog to um, evil bastard and just right. You trust like trusting like yeah. you can trust him and he's innocent. Um, but what I think is interesting is that like. He went from, you know, being sort of a heartthrob, like, you know, I have an older sister, so I watched a lot of um, Ethan Embry stuff growing up where he was the cutie, you know, and she probably had posters on the walls and stuff. And then it's like he sort of took this like to his advantage where, you know, as he aged, he aged like most normal men and not like, um, you know, fucking... Paul Rudd, where he's you know <laughs> done reverse, but he you know his hair started to go and he started to look a little yeah. more uh, rough. So he started playing more roles where he plays creeps, and it's like good for you. Like yeah. he, you know, it, it almost worked to his advantage because so many of those actors that were heartthrobs, what are they doing now? You know, where the fuck is Jonathan Taylor Thomas now? But uh, <laughs> he's not playing badass killers, you know. And and Ethan Embry, you know, he's in new stuff now. That if I see his name in a movie, I check it out. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you I, know, it's just, I loved it's him cool. in the Devil's Candy. He was oh, so great. Yes. Fucking oh, yes. great. Yeah. So fucking good in that. Yeah. So good. And he's, he rules. A re- he's a real sack of shit and uh, incident on and off a mountain road. Too. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And yet, he's such a <laughs> lovable kind of goofball loser. And I even watch him on Grace and Frankie on Netflix just because he's in that. And <sighs> the wife loves the show. <laughs> I do too, but mostly because Ethan Embry. and one more gush about ethan ember here uh ember here um his death scene was one of the coolest deaths i've ever seen like the performance of him dying yeah Yeah. just like trying to you know just that panic of like i'm dying here and trying to you know get out you know try to beat himself out of the car break away from the car but yet knowing he can't just like pounding on the hood and stuff i just thought it was freaking cool i just i loved his death scene it's a great performance there i'm done no you're I like not how uh, <laughs> I, no i like how um we have kate beckinsale in this and we've spent 20 minutes gushing over <laughs> ethan embry yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> i love it that thing you do oh, that's my favorite <laughs> i like how ethan embry he is wait is well, it, he's is, in creep show too is, isn't frank isn't frank whaley nope. in i thought that, thing that you do? too but oh i'm thinking of the doors i think yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. Great movie. My, my one complaint. Okay. Not enough Ethan Embry. Not enough Ethan Embry. My two complaints. No, no, no nude scene from Ethan Embry. <laughs> Three complaints. <laughs> no, um, it, was, it felt really Hollywoody of it to bring Luke Wilson back at the very yes. end. Yeah, I, I, I went. Oh, him. but they really let you think he died. I mean, they really let. And I'm not going to say I should have let it go. I'm not going to yeah. say I wasn't upset that his character died because I was. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You killed him. But you know, anytime I, like, anytime I feel that, I feel like, well, then, anytime I feel like that in a movie, when I get upset when a character dies, I'm like, well, they did a good job. Sure. They did a good job as an actor. They did a good job as a writer creating that character yeah. enough for me to give a shit in a horror movie when somebody dies. I just thought yeah, they I- left him dead longer than they normally do in a movie. Yeah, but, that's even that even felt yeah. even worse because it's like <laughs> right at the very end. Oh, surprise! He's still alive. Like you just could, you just had to title just that little bow on it at the very end. They were like, just in case, you know, this does really, really well. We need a sequel, <laughs> and there is a sequel. 
Is there? Really? Yeah, there's a I, vacancy I haven't too. Seen it. Uh, I haven't seen that one. I mean, they're not in still, it. But... Still vacant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 12 cabins, 12 vacancies. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's our that's the movies for this episode. Awesome. It's time to check out of this motel and leave our key card at the front counter and get the hell out of here. But there's still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. Don't worry. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, it's going to be time for segments. First, you're going to hear a promo, though, for our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network or the PFPN. We have so many shows on our network that there are too many to count because I ran out of fingers and toes. That's true. Uh, such shows as Land of the Creeps, hosted... Oh, sparkler accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hosted by our podcast brother in arms, bro- uh, podcast from a uh, podcast brother from another podcast, <laughs> Greg Amortis. <laughs> uh, Land of the Creeps is a weekly horror podcast that takes an informative yet entertaining look at old and new horror movies. So check out Land of the Creeps and all the other shows at thepfbn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the show. It's segments time here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. And we start out by turning it over to you guys. We want to hear from you, the listeners of Attack of the Killer Podcast, with our segment called Shoutouts. It's time for Shoutouts! All right, this week we asked what are your favorite horror movies that take place in or at a motel, and these are your shout-outs. We got on our Facebook page, it's Eric Steele says, Key Largo. Montego. Oh, Stop please. it. We do not. Okay. No. I don't know that movie, and I don't want to now that Tad ruined it. <laughs> Over on our Facebook group, the group edition, we got Abe Kirshner, the Abester. He says, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember loving the concept of identity. As you should, sir. It's a fantastic movie. I knew I liked that guy. I know. Abe's the best. And for my horror-adjacent pick, Bad Times at the El Royale is one of yeah. my favorite movies of all time. That was a fun one. Yeah, it was. Nick Leadham says, Gozu, if that Yes! Yeah. That's the <laughs> Nick Leadham. Yeah. yeah. Takashi Miike right there. Uh, that's my pick. Hell yeah. Awesome. Uh, the Beyond is fun. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, man. And he, yeah. he says, of course, there's The Shining. Yeah, uh, that, he, the, big, the big one. The big one. And then he mentions another movie that I thought was lumped in with Identity and Vacancy. He says, The Uncut 1408 is underrated. Yeah. Mm. Is that even Q, mm. that's Cusack again, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yes. That's yep. why I kept I, thinking it was the same. <laughs> I did see that one, though. Oh, you did see that? I did see that because I think it was one of those like 
some of my friends are going to the theater. You want to come along oh. type things. Yeah. And you remember it? Nope. No. And he says, Motel Hell is overrated. Oh, what? Though, overrated? Though still somewhat enjoyable. It's See, Nick, you started one. strong, and then you ended with that. God, man. How, yeah. Start off with Gozu and freaking Beyond, <laughs> and then ruined it. Oh, like, man. This in the motel hell, man. All right, up next. Farmer Vincent's Fritters. I know. All <laughs> kinds of critters. Up next, we got Jonathan's Zwan- I don't know how to say your last name, Jonathan. I'm sorry. I don't even want to try butchering it unless Mike wants to try saying it. Nope. Uh, what is it? Let me see. There it is, D-Z-W. Uh, right, nailed it. And uh, we love John. He's been on the show before. Um, he's on this new podcast called Twitch of the Death Nerve. That's right, free plug. And he'll be uh, on an upcoming oh, episode of yeah. First Time Podcast talking about a certain movie uh, called Manhunter. Oh, that was John's oh, fault. Nice. So, yeah, give him that fault credit. <laughs> <laughs> he was on Late Night Psychorama. Uh, we used to love that show that used to be on the network, but... Uh, we'll all be happy with John's answer of Horror Hotel. <laughs> yep, classic. We got attacker Tony Miller, the Tonester. He says... Er, Everyone has to be a stir. Come all on. right, Tad Stir, you shut it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it may not be considered horror, but got to go with Richard Linkletter's tape. A nice suspenseful ride for your mind. Not familiar. Yeah, nope, Tony's always one. throwing out them. Oh, yeah. Film, film school huh. movies. Oh, we got attacker Andrew Moeller. He says, I'm going to bend the rules a little since this film does not take place completely in a motel, but has one of the most terrifying scenes to take place in a motel. That film is The Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. Which has a very hard to watch and disturbing interactions with some motel guests. Oh, that's no kidding. <laughs> Never been able to watch three companies the same. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, I've been debating on whether we should, uh, read this next person's, uh, uh comment after the, the last episode's one. I wasn't sure if he's banned or not, but Tim Lennerer, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a temporary, uh, he's in, he's in time j- podcast jail timeout. <laughs> well, Double secret pro- podcast probation. Yes. Let's see what he says first and then we'll see if we finalize the paperwork on that. But he says motel hell is all kinds of bonkers fun. Yeah, okay. With some great did- sick jokes and a fantastic dying confession from the main villain. <laughs> Plus, the guy who played Cliff Clavin in Cheers is one of the best, is one of the expendable meat casualties. Not only that, but sweet ass, like, punk rocker, too. Yeah. Honorable mentions to Psycho, the founder of the subgenre, right? Basket Case, The Devil's Rejects, and yes. Vacancy, which plays surprisingly fair with the concept, the characters, and the audience. All yeah, right. I guess he redeemed himself this week. This week. By canceling yeah. out the... Uh, <laughs> it's week oh, by week. He, well, he sort of cancels out the uh, Time. overrated comment earlier. So. Oh, okay. All right, we got Attacker Ash, Ashlyn James. She says, oh, great answers. She says, Identity and The Shining, for sure. Atta girl. And for a non-horror hotel pick, I'd choose The Grand Budapest Hotel. Just saying, nice. LOL. Another Luke Wilson, right? Is he uh-huh. in that one? I just assume so. I think <laughs> <laughs> both of them probably are. Both uh. of Dan Wilsons and whatever. All right. Well, up next we got Don and Ellie, and you guys might be shocked by the movie he mentions and how much. He yeah, because I've never heard of it. Night of Something Strange is all <laughs> sorts of wacky, over the top fun, yeah. and one of I my wish f- I wish I'd never. And heard one of it. my favorite films of that year. While the found footage zombie effort by effort. 
By Daylight's End had some quite creepy aspects to it. Clown Motel was also far better than it should have been. Oh, we should watch that one. And the sequel is merely weeks away from release. While I would also point out the two vacancy films have uh, as having some worthwhile points to them. Clown Hotel, is that what you just said? (laughs) I did. Clown Motel. Oh, sorry. Big difference. Yeah, the door's on the outside, Tad. We yeah. learned this what was earlier. That? What was With the... hookers. <laughs> it's far better than it should be, he said. And the sequel's weeks away. Oh, great. Moving on. Hey. Next up, we got Trevor Mickleheady. Trevor, he says, Psycho, Horror Hotel. Good choices. Brian Power says, Psycho, 1960. Attacker Brett. The Brett, no, I'll stop it. The Br- the Brett says, "Stir." Tales from the Crypt, Brett. Demon Knight. Oh yeah. Derek Batello says, "Psycho," the entire franchise, City of the Living Dead, Vacancy. And lastly, on our Facebook group, the Reebster—that's the real stir right there. The yep. first and only. They're OGs. The, yeah, yeah, Mike OG Reebster. Reebster. Eaten Alive. Oh, yeah, there nice. you go. There and you go. Motel Hell are two of my absolute favorites. But Psycho is the absolute king of hotel movies. I will also Damn say right. the novel of The Shining by Stephen King, which is way better than the overstylized, pretentious, whatever fuck that movie. Whoa. Oh, okay. I've wow. read it. Wow, nice. Learned, I've read it. Well played. We learned something new oh, about I'm, the Reapster. Yeah. Take your word for it. Oh, yeah. All that reading. I get it. Is there a comic book of it? And there's nothing on uh, Twitter, but over on uh, Instagram, we got Attacker Rod, the four-foot Rod. He says, Motel Hell and Psycho are, of course, the greatest of all time. And then a pig face emoji. (laughs) And then a a lady with a shower cap emoji. Perfect. Okay. Yep. Oh. And then uh, last... You a ball breaker. <laughs> yep. <laughs> our last uh, comment is from Shrekweg... Sh- Alfred E. Urashiman. I screwed Did up. Did you just say Shrek? Yeah, S- yeah, his handle is S-C-H-R-E-K-C-K. Anyway, it's uh, Stefan Sitter's uh, account, and he... Okay. Yeah, this is. I don't know if I was supposed to give away the secret, but it's Stefan's. And he says, Tom Atkins resides in a motel in Halloween 3. That's true. So I guess that counts. Oh. On my research, I found two movies that looked interesting and worth a watch. Dead and Breakfast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? It's great. It's fine. We're coming to kill you. We're coming to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and The First Seventh Night. Never heard of it. 2009. Interesting. I don't think I've seen that. Stefan always has some good good stuff. Attacker Stefan from the Germany. Yeah. And that's what we got for shout outs today. Don't forget that you can always call in and leave a voicemail. Get your pretty voice on the show. That's uh, The number for that is 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail. We'll play on the show, and that is shout outs. I have a couple of honorable mentions Ooh, I wanted to throw out yeah. there. Um, Bug. You love it. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, it is. Disturbing. It's awesome. And uh, one of Paul, Paul Bartel, it's like Paul Bartel's first feature film, um, Private Parts. I think it's like 72 is a, is a 
very perverse, disturbing little little horror movie like in, a, name in a motel. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to throw out there, I'm pretty sure I've told you guys this story before, but uh, <laughs> Brandy and I are eventually going to do a kick-ass um, couple's uh, Halloween costume where it's going to be us as the mo- as Motel Hell, yeah. um, as Farmer Vincent and oh. Ida. Only I'm going to be Ida and she's going to be Farmer Vincent. That makes sense. <laughs> Any other honorable mentions? I have one. Mountaintop Motel Massacre. Nice, nice. Hope you heard one. You have one. Yeah, Happiness of the Katakuris. Oh, fucking love that movie. Right, right. How did we forget that? That's one of the greatest of all time. What was that? Happiness of the Katakuris. (coughs) The musical. Oh, okay. With zombies and... Yeah. And Takashi Miike. You cannot go wrong there. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It is. It is. Do you consider um, Hostile? Well, yeah. 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 That's you know horrifying that idea. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of them too scary because it's kind of real. All right then. Well, that's uh, that segment. Let's move on to our last and maybe the favorite segment of all segments. It's time for Insane's picks. <laughs> Well, it is time for Halloween Palooza, and by the time you got to this part of the show, you're probably there because this is a long show. And to celebrate <laughs> here at Insane's Picks Hall of Fame, we're going to induct another one of our guests. This episode, we induct the beautiful and amazing, amazingly talented Lynn Lowry. Lynn Lowry was born in 1947 in East St. Louis, Illinois, but raised in Atlanta, Georgia. She started acting professionally in theater at the age of 17. She moved to New York York City in the late 1960s to pursue other acting jobs and, and to support her son. While auditioning for the role for a role in the movie Joe uh, in 1970, uh, Lowry met future trauma president Lloyd Kaufman, and he asked her to appear in a supporting part in Lloyd's first ever film, Battle of Love's Return. It's not a horror movie. It's not really much of any kind of movie, um, but it stars and, and was directed by Lloyd Kaufman himself. The film was shot around like 1968, 1969, but did not get released until 1970. And then even then, shortly after that, buried for decades until Lloyd put it as special feature in one of his like how to make a movie box set things. Her role was, um, her next role was another small and uncredited role in I drink your blood in 1970 as a mute hippie satanic cult member. Her next, uh, her next movie playing dual, a dual role in sugar cookies in 1973, along with Mary Warnoff. Uh, after that was Score, 1973, uh, which was an X-rated softcore semi-documentary flick in which uh, which brought uh, on more sex appeal for Lowry's character. And I think that movie, I think it was that movie where they actually spliced in triple X footage into it. I know there was a movie she did around that time where she didn't know until after the fact that they had spliced in like actual porn into into the film, which kind of hurt some of her acting career down the road. 
Um, her next role, though, however, uh, was one of her best, and my favorite, in my opinion, uh, playing Kathy, the neurotic character in George Romero's Crazies in 1973. Um, love that movie. Uh, you know, love George Romero. And she is such a standout character in it that she appears in a small part in the 2010 Crazies remake, Riding Down the Street on a Bicycle. She then was uh, casted in various recurring parts in different soap operas and TV series uh, before coming back to horror with David Cronenberg's horror flick, Shivers, in 1975. Now, her last movie role that she did before leaving Hollywood and the movie biz altogether uh, was Cat People in 1982. So she had kind of walked away from the Hollywood scene and whatnot, and for years she would end up doing some television, uh, but would mostly do theater, and she was a singer in a band. Until she finally came back to movies and back to horror uh, in 2005 with the low-budget film Dead Things, and she is still appearing in movies to this day. Love Lynn Lowry. She's awesome. I can't wait to meet her uh, here. Well. By my watch in a couple hours. Hey! Mm. Uh, so, uh, so we induct Lynn Lowry into this episode's Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. Yay! <laughs> and that concludes this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Special thanks to the attackers for keeping the show alive. And an extra, extra special thanks for Hope for joining us on this show. Yay! Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. I hope you had a good time. We had a good time having you here. <laughs> Getting to chat some movies with you. Uh, why don't you tell Hopefully them? it was relatively painless. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Night of Something Strange. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad she saw it before, so we're not responsible. So tell the listeners out there how to uh, how to follow you, how to follow what you're doing and whatnot. Sure. Um, uh, you can follow the film at uh, Obstacle Corpse Film on Facebook and on Instagram or at Obstacle Corpse X. On Twitter, you can also find me, um, a film critic, actually, and uh, and you can find me online at, as Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, MadWolf.com, Mad Wolf Columbus on, on Facebook, just Mad Wolf on Twitter. Awesome. And I assume we can hear your podcast wherever fine podcasts Yay. are listened to. You absolutely can. Yes, you can. Thank you for bringing that up. Fright Club. Fright, F-R-I-G-H-E, Fright Club. You can find that wherever wherever you listen and to And subscribed. Right. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you again for being on the show. It's been it's been a blast. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Now remember, folks, check out is at eleven. And if you ever find your way around these parts again, stop on by. We'll leave the light on for you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the-